Translator's Preface and Chapter 1 of Summa Contra Gentiles, First Book on God. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Translator's Preface and Chapter 1 of Summa Contra Gentiles, First Book on God by St. Thomas Aquinas. Translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Translator's Preface Fifteen years ago, the English Dominican Fathers embarked on what was considered by many the hazardous and even useless venture of translating the Summa Theologica of the Angelic Doctor. Yet although there were critics adverse to the project, there were others, not a few, who approved and encouraged. These, and the favor with which the effort, notwithstanding its many deficiencies, was received, heartened the translators to persevere, and enabled them to bring their work to a happy conclusion. For the venture has proved a success beyond the most sanguine expectations, and already the work has entered into a second edition. During the progress of translating the Summa Theologica, the translators were frequently asked why they had given preference to this work over the Summa Contra Gentiles. The reason is a simple one. The Latin text of the latter work, edited by P. A. Uccelli in 1857, was extremely defective, owing to the editor's inability to read St. Thomas's handwriting correctly. Father Peter Paul Mackey, who has been on the staff of the editors of the Leonine edition of St. Thomas's works for forty years, told the writer of this preface that it took him over two years to learn how to read St. Thomas's autograph. It was not till 1918 that the above editors published the first two books of the Summa Contra Gentiles. Hence the delay in the translation. It is hoped that the English translation will receive the same indulgence and favor as that which has been recorded to the translation of the Summa Theologica. The Summa Contra Gentiles, First Book, Chapter 1 In What Consists the Office of a Wise Man? My mouth shall meditate truth, and my lips shall hate wickedness. Proverbs 8, verse 7 the general use which, in the philosopher's opinion, should be followed in naming things, has resulted in those men being called wise, who direct things themselves and govern them well. Wherefore, among other things which men conceive of the wise man, the philosopher reckons that it belongs to the wise man to direct things. Now the rule of all things directed to the end of government and order must needs be taken from their end, for then is a thing best disposed when it is fittingly directed to its end, since the end of everything is its good. Wherefore in the arts we observe that the art which governs and rules another is the one to which the latter's end belongs. Thus the medical art rules and directs the art of the druggist, because health, which is the object of medicine, is the end of all drugs which are made up by the druggist's art. The same may be observed in the art of sailing, in relation to the art of shipbuilding, 
and in the military art in relation to the equestrian art and all warlike appliances these arts which govern others are called master arts architectonice that is principal arts for which reason their craftsmen who are called master craftsmen architectores are awarded the name of wise men since however these same craftsmen through being occupied with the ends of certain singular things do not attain to the universal end of all things they are called wise about this or that in which sense it is said in first corinthians three verse ten as a wise architect i have laid the foundation whereas the name of being wise simply is reserved to him alone whose consideration is about the end of the universe which end is also the beginning of the universe wherefore according to the philosopher it belongs to the wise man to consider the highest causes now the last end of each thing is that which is intended by the first author or mover of that thing and the first author and mover of the universe is an intellect as we shall prove further on consequently the last end of the universe must be the good of the intellect and this is truth therefore truth must be the last end of the whole universe and the consideration thereof must be the chief occupation of wisdom and for this reason divine wisdom clothed in flesh declares that he came into the world to make known the truth saying in the gospel of john chapter 18 verse 37 for this i was born and for this cause came i into the world that i should give testimony to the truth moreover the philosopher defines the first philosophy as being the knowledge of truth not of any truth but of that truth which is the source of all truth of that namely which relates to the first principle of being of all things wherefore its truth is the principle of all truth since the disposition of things is the same in truth as in being now it belongs to the same thing to pursue one contrary and to remove the other thus medicine which affects health removes sickness hence just as it belongs to a wise man to meditate and disseminate truth especially about the first principle so does it belong to him to refute contrary falsehood wherefore the twofold office of the wise man is fittingly declared from the mouth of wisdom in the words above quoted namely to meditate and publish the divine truth which antonomastically is the truth as signified by the words my mouth shall meditate truth and to refute the error contrary to truth as signified by the words and my lips shall hate wickedness by which is denoted falsehood opposed to divine truth which falsehood is contrary to religion that is also called godliness wherefore the falsehood that is contrary thereto receives the name of ungodliness End of Translator's Preface and Chapter 1 Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.